I wanted to go back and think, well, what didn't I know then and what could I have done better? And then how can I actually help people you know, in the future to do that? This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we are delighted to be talking to Daniel Baxter, self-made entrepreneur and successful property investor. Keep listening to discover how he went from an apprehensive first-time investor to the co-founder of Your Hot Property a business that provides guidance and support for first-time property buyers and owners. Daniel Baxter created his own business, Your Hot Property, as well as an assistive online system, First Home Buyer Buddy, after realizing property investment was more than a hobby for him. I'm the co-founder of Your Hot Property and also the co-creator of the First Home Buyer Buddy. Uh, that's Australia's only property education system designed specifically to help first home buyers buy their first property. A day in the life of Baxter involves numerous meetings and calls. Well, look, I usually wake up about 5 a.m., I'll have a quick shower, uh, then I meditate for 20 minutes and then usually I'll always head to the gym, uh, get my daily workout in. That'll go for about 60 minutes usually. Uh, I guess after that, uh, head straight into the workday. Um, that starts usually by looking at my calendar, um, checking out my list of to-dos that I will have you know, generally put or completed the night before just so I can plan out my day, know exactly what's going to be coming up. Um, after that, I'll generally have a quick meeting with the team uh, just to see where we're at maybe on certain projects if I can actually assist with anything personally. Uh, after that, I'll try and work on what I would classify, I guess, as big picture goals that are going to actually help to grow the business. And I find, I guess, morning works best for me uh, to do this as it's easy for the day, I guess, to sort of tend to get away from you um, as things pop up and that sort of thing. So something for me, it's very important that I actually be doing something every day that gets us towards our future goals and not just getting up, I guess, all wrapped up in what I would call the day-to-day of the busy work. Uh, after that, pretty much, yeah, uh, I guess just left to meetings, calls regarding our different products and services we've got in the marketplace and adding value where I can. One of Baxter's most successful products and services is his first home buyer buddy, which has assisted several of his clients in building successful property portfolios. As far as our first home buyer buddy system goes, we don't actually just match property with people. So what I realized we're doing this, especially first home buyers, everybody generally will have a dream of the type of property they want, especially, you know, there's a, a lot of emotion goes into that first home. Um, so as far as me trying to sell them particular property, that's not really what I'm into. Is What I want to do is once they find that property, I want to make sure they get it for the best, to be honest, try and get that for the best price they potentially can. If I can save them thousands of dollars through techniques, strategies, negotiation tips, and that's exactly what I want to do. Um, and at the same time, I want to make sure you know they don't pay too much for it, easily, which is easily done in this market right now. Um, so basically, our system, it's not so much about selling them property, it's providing them, I guess, a simple step-by-step system um, to help them save, you know, thousands of dollars out of their time and uh, hopefully, you know, 90% of that stress that most first home buyers will go through. Reflecting on his past, Baxter shares with us his humble upbringings. So I grew up in Sydney, so in the St. George and Sutherland Shire areas. Ah, a lot of people I, I've interviewed recently have been coming from that as well. The Shire seems to be the uh, popular place. And did oh, you... it's, uh, it's crazy at the moment. <laughs> and, and did you go to school in the Shire as well? Uh, so I actually went to school in the St. George area. So I went to Penzance Public School and then I went to Blakehurst High School. 
After completing high school, Baxter jumped straight into the workforce. I was working in sales rep roles. I've always, I guess, loved that connection with people. Uh, and I, I, anything sort of sales related, I've always, uh, I guess, had a tendency to move towards. But um, inevitably, then I ended up actually working for the, um, after the, being a sales rep for a couple of years, I started working with the emergency services for the police as a senior communications officer, um, which is pretty exciting, but also pretty challenging um, in that role. Dealt with triple O callers, which could be pretty intense at times, and also working with um, police radio as a radio dispatcher, coordinating all their jobs and providing support and everything like that in the background to keep them safe. Having worked there for over a decade, Baxter began to let his dreams of running his own business become a reality. I think it ended up being for about 13 years. So I guess I was um, I was quite fortunate when I was working for the Belize. What we did there, it was actually shift work. Um, so whilst working there is what I did know, Tyrone, was that I always wanted to run my own business. Um, so I basically started my own real, real estate agency on the side whilst working for the police. Um, that was during my days off. Where I just, you know, I was working lots of hours, but mm. you know, when it's when it's your own thing, it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time. Mm. You know, if you don't run your own business, people think you're crazy. But um, <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes. Um, and that's, um, you know, once I got it to the point where we actually grew up big enough that I could, you know, leave my role with the police. Um, you know, that's when I focused solely on the business. Great. How long did that take to move into your your business full time? Probably close to three years. It wasn't something that, um, you know, I took lightly. It sort of started off. Probably as, a, as an idea or as a bit of a hobby that, I, you know, I liked the idea of leaving, but I didn't know how serious I was about it until, you know, we got it to a point of like, you know what, this is what I really want to do. Um, you know, take that leap of faith and just do it. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Baxter's influences growing up. My mother was a huge influence for me, I guess, when it comes to property. She absolutely loved buying properties and renovating them. How working with family has its fair share of difficulties. With family, you, you tend to just say exactly what you want to say. I think that can be a bad thing um, because you probably say you know more things than you really sure of what you or what you're entitled to say. His aha moment in his property investment journey thus far. Everything probably started to click for me when I started it to I guess run and own my own business. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Western Australia is tipped to be the next property hotspot. If you're looking to invest and build in WA, take advantage of the affordable land market and record build times with Plunkett Homes. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build to find out why they are WA's most established home builder. With over 150 years of experience, Plunkett Homes helps you develop turnkey homes across WA. To get your fixed price demolition or site works and to maximize profits and minimize time, Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash build. And now back to the show. Back when Baxter was younger, he was influenced by his mother who loved to buy property too. My mother was a huge influence for me, I guess, when it comes to property. She absolutely loved buying properties and renovating them. Um, basically, then she'd finish them, she'd finish them, sorry, she'd sell them and we'd move on to the next project. We'd probably move more times than I can ever remember as a kid um, as she just loved doing that. So, I guess, uh, you know, thinking back now, I guess you could say she was probably flipping property without knowing she was actually flipping them um, or at least before it was cool to say that you did that. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Uh, I, yeah, so I, I don't think I ever really had much choice not to go into property. I remember dragging me around to different property compas and stuff like that as a kid. Back then, I hated it, but you know, now I think I will, you know what, probably played its role. Jumping into his first property investment opportunity, Baxter reveals he didn't know as much as he wished he did back then. My first, that was probably back in 2000 and, 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, so, I, yeah, my first, I bought that property with my sister. Uh, we bought it as both of our first homes um, and it cost us $500,000. I can tell you it needed a hell of a lot of work, but we thought it was an absolute bargain back then. Um, anyway, long story short, we started working. Uh, things blew out very, very fast. And before we knew it, we dropped about 100 k on renos. Um, which really hurt at that time as we probably budgeted, I think it was something like forty to $50,000 from memory. You know, we had no idea what was going on. Um, but, you know, we ended up making quite a nice profit from it when we did sell it. Um, but I also learned some very, very valuable lessons about renovating. Reflecting on his first investment opportunity as one of his least successful projects, Baxter recalls the difficulties of working with family, especially in the case of being a first-time buyer. The buying part was actually pretty easy, you know, back then. Um, and, you know, even the renovating, you know, it was tough and <laughs> I spent lots of money um, and it was really hard and I learned so many valuable lessons. And But it's what I really, really sorry, it's what I really realised was that even the timing of selling um, and all that sort of stuff, it plays a part. But, you know, working out the finances and all that sort of stuff when it came to buying that property with my family really put a strain on our relationship. Um, you know, what I realized is we had very different ideas about, you know, how things should be done, you know, what should be spent on certain things and who, and even to the point, you know, where who's going to be certain or who's going to be responsible for certain things when it came to the property or the renovations or anything like that. Um, so inevitably, look, we had a lot of arguments and it was really tough there for a while for probably all of our family involved. Um, and, you know, I often joke to, you know, my family members that that Renault took 10 years off my life. But I tell you what, when I was going through it, I certainly felt like it was a very, very stressful time. Yeah, I can imagine. So, what were some of the things? I don't know. I mean, it's okay if you don't want to share that, but I'm just curious. What were some of the things that you struggled with between family and how did you turn that into a success at the end? I think the the hardest thing when you're dealing with family is, I know I'm not sure if yours is the same or obviously your listeners, but with family, you, you tend to just say exactly what you want to say. Um, and often I think that can be a bad thing um, because you probably say, you know, more things than you're really sure of what you, or what you're entitled to say uh, because it's family and you know that people just get over stuff. So um, I think it's, uh, you know, it was about that. And that's probably, you know, I've got to take a lot of that on board. You know, some of that's certainly my own responsibility where I didn't handle things as well as I should have. It's certainly, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but, um, so I think it's uh, the way we basically got through it was, you know, just getting to the point of sitting down and, you know, really trying to nut out what was important, what was the end goal. I think once you work out the end goal, things become a lot clearer for everybody. You don't just look at the now. Learning from this experience, Baxter shares with us a moment in time where everything just clicked for him. I would say there's been lots of things on my journey that have certainly helped me along the way. I guess get to the point where, I, where I'm at right now. But I think everything probably started to click for me when I started it to, I guess, run and own my own business is what I realised was, you know, I love that creation um, that comes with that. Even the wins and the failures, you know, that come along with owning a business, is, you know, as much as they do hurt sometimes. Um, and I've certainly had my, my fair share of uh, many failures along the way, which most business owners um, I would imagine have had. Uh, but what I did realise was that it actually made me feel alive and and that I was, I guess, actually in control of my destiny is, you know, corny as that sort of sound. So I think the big aha moment came through 
probably some of those maybe marketing lessons I've learned from various business mentors and owners. Um, I guess who I definitely try and make a point of associating myself as with as I've always learned so much. Um, I think when I realised the big, I guess, aha moment was when I realised that your your target market, no matter what that is, whether it's a, a business or a you know a market you're going after, or even a certain property and investment property, none of that matters. I guess for it to be successful, people have to want it or they have to want how it's going to make them feel. If the product or the service doesn't actually do that for them, you know, the chances of it succeeding in any way are pretty slim. So, inspired by Daniel Baxter's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where we'll discuss the strategy he uses. I think it's just important to really strip the whole process back for them and just lay it out in a platform where they can see everything that they're going to have to go through. Details on his property investment habits... I've also made a point to surround myself uh, with people who are way smarter than me when it comes to business. His plans for the future of your hot property. Our goal over the next two years is to help 1,000 first home buyers make better and smarter, I guess, property choices. And that's next time in a future episode on Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, Learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.